Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we answer the question, what did he know and when did he know it? Who am I talking about? Joe Biden and Burisma and Hunter Biden, a big exclusive at Just the News. We're going to get to that in just a few seconds. And then we have with us the lawyer who forced a court to allow him to look at the Dominion voting machines in Michigan, a big development. Yesterday, they released an explosive report. Matthew DePere is here with us. He is going to tell us what his forensic investigators found with the Dominion voting machines. Talking about a 68% error rate. That's mind-boggling. And uh, I know Dominion's uh, disputing it. Michigan's disputing it. But these are forensic investigators. A judge thought that what they found was newsworthy enough that he agreed to unseal and release this report, this analysis. We're going to get to the bottom of that with Matthew. He's got a lot to talk about. This is a case that's going to extend way past January 20th, so it won't affect necessarily Trump v. Biden, but it may go to the heart of the questions of whether Americans will trust Dominion voting uh, or whether they won't in future elections. Very important case. We're here to talk to Matthew about it. He's got a lot to um, tell us about Matthew DiPerno. Uh, he is the lawyer who uh, brought that case and got access to Dominion's voting machines in the tiny little county of Antrim County in Michigan, uh, the county where Joe Biden originally won, and then the results flipped to Donald Trump. We're going to talk all about that. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll bring you up to speed on our Hunter Biden exclusive today. We'll talk about why it's important. Uh, what it means going forward for the Senate investigations, the Hunter Biden criminal investigation, what it means for the truthfulness of Joe Biden's answers to us in America. Uh, and then we're going to get to Matthew DiPerno and the uh, forensic exam of a Dominion voting machine in the Antrim County, Michigan. Uh, first time an outsider really has had in a litigation standpoint an ability to test or look at the machine and its user logs, its data entry logs. Uh, important stuff there. Again, it's disputed. We're not going to know the truth until the court case plays out. Uh, but a major development. We're going to talk to Matthew about that. All right, let's go. We talk to our uh, hear from our great sponsors and advertisers. Remember, if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for your family and friends and loved ones, uh, the products, the services that these great sponsors, these great advertisers offer you through Just the News are incredible. I just bought a whole bunch of Kansas City steaks for my fan, uh, friends and family. A um, lot of great opportunities. The Clean Pro phone, uh, phone cleaner, I love that. Uh, please remember to support these amazing advertisers. They make possible what we do here at Just the News and what we do for John Solomon Reports. Show them the love and show your family some love with some great products and services. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart 
liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In a few seconds, we're going to have Matthew DiPerno, the Michigan attorney whose clients gained access to a Michigan voting machine legally through a judge, and their analysis created waves across the country last night, uh, yesterday. Now, it's still in dispute. Michigan officials and Dominion voting uh, officials are disputing the findings, but uh, an independent group of security experts looked at the machine and raised some harrowing uh, statistics and data and questions. They need to be resolved. That's not the final word. We should give Dominion the benefit of the doubt, Michigan the benefit of the doubt until we get to the bottom of this. But a very important development, and Matthew DePerno, the lawyer who made it all possible, will, will be here to explain it all and make sense of it in just a few seconds. But first, on to one of our important investigative journalism projects. We continue to dig into the Hunter Biden business escapades, the effort by Hunter Biden and his family to cash in on Joe Biden's vice presidency back during the Obama years. Uh, We now know that it has spawned one or two criminal investigations. We know that it has spawned a whistleblower complaint at the IRS and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, We know it has spawned an important Senate investigation. Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley have brought out some very important data. We know that uh, the story that Democrats and the news media gave us during impeachment and during the 2020 election is now wrong. The claim that President Trump had no basis to ask for an investigation of what went on in Ukraine uh, is now been debunked. He had a basis. Why? Well, there was suspected criminal activity, both by Burisma and now we hear uh, uh, from Hunter Biden. Again, everybody deserves the benefit of the doubt. But uh, we now know that there were legitimate questions. State Department officials have affirmed they saw a conflict of interest. They also reported not once, but twice, two separate occasions when they believed executives from Burisma Holdings, that's Hunter Biden's employer in Ukraine, the board of the gas company he joined, paid You ready for this? The company paid bribes to make criminal investigations go away, asset forfeiture investigations. That's what has now been in the public record as fact. All those media stories that said it was Russian disinformation, a conspiracy theory, now disproven. It is true. These are real issues. The Obama State Department saw these issues. But today, we put a new fact on the map, a new data point, a new important date, December 6th. 2015. That is the day that the U.S. ambassador in Ukraine at the time, a guy named Jeffrey Pyatt, writes Joe Biden's senior staff at the vice president's office in Washington more than a year before Biden leaves office, more than three years before the Biden scandal emerged. And Jeffrey Pyatt, the ambassador, wrote Joe Biden's office and said, the man who had hired Hunter Biden the Ukrainian oligarch Mikola Zochevsky uh, was considered 
corrupt by the State Department and that some of the evidence of corruption had been dug up and forwarded to Great Britain for an asset forfeiture case by the U.S. Justice Department. What does that mean? It means the U.S. State Department under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, the U.S. Justice Department under Barack Obama and Joe Biden found evidence that led them to believe the man who had just hired Hunter Biden on his board, Mikola Zolchevsky, the founder of Burisma Holdings, was uh, considered by U.S. officials, those working for Joe Biden on Ukraine policy, to be corrupt. I'm going to read the excerpt from an email that Jeffrey Pyatt sent all of Joe Biden's senior staff in Washington. Quote, I assume all have the DOJ background, that stands for Justice Department, background on Zolchevsky, that's the oligarch, uh, head of Burisma. The short unclass version, meaning the unclassified version, um, in non-lawyer language, is that U.S. and U.K. were cooperating on a case to seize his corrupt assets overseas which had passed through the united states that's what jeffrey pyatt the obama ambassador to ukraine wrote joe biden's staff in december of 2016. pyatt added that the asset forfeiture case that's the one that the united kingdom brought with the assistance of the u.s justice department uh, fell apart that's his word quote quote unquote when ukrainian prosecutors acted to thwart the prosecution the case now that's a pretty significant warning to joe biden and his staff it comes just before joe biden is about to meet with some ukrainian politicians and his staff was anticipating well there might be some questions about hunter biden might be some questions about joe zolchevsky who was in the news media headlines at the time in ukraine people were wondering why has this man not been brought to justice now zolchevsky of course uh, insists he was innocent, though his company did pay a major tax fine in 2016. But um, why was he being brought to justice? These were questions that were percolating in a Ukrainian newspaper with some Russian ties and in the New York Times. And at that moment, Joe Biden's staff was um, advising him to uh, skip the question. If you got a Zolchevsky question, say, listen, we're not going to name names. Do you think he's corrupt? We're not going to name names. Do you want to talk about Hunter Biden? Do you think it's appropriate? Uh, Hunter Biden's his own guy. We're not going to talk about it. That was the talking points that had been created for Joe Biden for this upcoming Ukrainian meeting in December of 2015. As the New York Times, as a Ukrainian news outlet was beginning to raise questions about this. And the uh, ambassador weighs in saying, all right, if you're, if you're going to skip the question on Zolchevsky, just, I just want to make sure you know what we know, which is the Justice Department found evidence that he had corrupt assets and they tried to bring him to justice. And um, the Ukrainian prosecutors botched, bungled, thwarted is the actual word he uses, the case. Now, that's significant because it establishes for the first time, an exact moment in time when Joe Biden should have known that his son was in business with a corrupt figure in Ukraine or assumed corrupt figure, accused corrupt figure in Ukraine, and that he should have known that the Justice Department and the State Department, his own agencies in the Obama administration, believe this to be true. Now, we can do something exciting for you, which is we can put this revelation into a timetable. And what do we know? A few months before Jeffrey Pyatt sends his email to Biden uh, and his staff, uh, it's actually to the Biden team, not to Joe Biden directly, of course, that uh, Pyatt's deputy, George Kent, the guy with the bow tie who appeared in the impeachment hearings, had already reported to the Justice Department that after 
after Hunter Biden had joined the board of Burisma that a bribe was paid to make that very United Kingdom case that we just talked about, the asset forfeiture case against Mikola Zochevsky, Hunter Biden's boss at Burisma, uh, that a bribe had been paid. It was reported to the FBI. That's how concerned, how corrupt the U.S. State Department believe Zolchevsky and Burisma were. Now, the company insists it's innocent. Zolchevsky insists he's innocent. But, uh, hey, Joe Biden's own people, not the Republicans, not some reporter, his own people believe that. Now, a few months after Pyatt's um, warning to Joe Biden, a new ambassador comes into Ukraine. Her name is Maria Ivanovich, another one of those impeachment witnesses. And she writes her boss in December of 2016. So a year later, that a second bribe is believed to have been paid to Ukrainian prosecutors to settle the remaining corruption cases against uh, Zolchevsky and Burisma. And in that email... Uh, Marie Ivanovich writes her immediate supervisor at the State Department in Washington, Victoria Newland, who, by the way, worked very closely with Joe Biden on all things Ukraine, all things Russia. She writes her that, hey, they dumped some cheap gas on the market so that the prosecutors and the Ukrainian public officials could buy it cheap, sell it high. It's another bribe. I just want you to know about it. So two separate bribe payments occur allegedly on Hunter Biden's watch when he's at there's no evidence he paid it or were involved in it, but he had a fiduciary responsibility on the board to stop these bad actions. And in between that, in between those two points in time where the State Department is telling the Obama-Biden administration of these concerns, uh, the chief diplomat in Kiev, in U- Ukraine, writes uh, Joe Biden's senior staff and says, hey, just so you know, this guy that hired Joe Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, Mikola Zolchevsky, we consider him corrupt. And the Justice Department provided some of the evidence, some of the proof to substantiate our concerns. That's what Joe Biden knew and when he should have known it. December of 2015. Now, why is that important? Well, all through 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and even up to the final presidential debate we had in the 2020 election in October of 2020, Joe Biden kept saying there was nothing untoward wrong with what his son did, what went on with Burisma. There's nothing there. There, No one was concerned. President Trump had no basis to ask the Ukrainians to look at this. Well, guess what? There was a lot of basis, bribery concerns, tax concerns, a criminal investigation in the United States now. There were untoward things being alleged and known about in Joe Biden's administration long before uh, the 2020 election, long before impeachment. And only now, after the election, because of the release of these new documents I obtained, are we beginning to get a clearer picture. But Joe Biden's statement uh, that he's been giving us his story has fallen apart in the face of evidence from his own advisors, from his own team, from his own administration. That is why this news is so important. Again, it answers the question, when did Joe Biden know it? What did he know? When did he know it? And we now have uh, the answer a little bit more clearly in these documents today. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, the Michigan attorney, uh, Matthew DiPerno, is here to talk about the incredible audit results he released yesterday from his private client from a forensic auditing group of a Dominion voting machine in Antrim County, Michigan. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. It's disputed. 
It's a contentious law case. Everybody's going to get their say over the next few months, and we're going to know the truth, hopefully, in the spring of next year. But he's going to bring us up to speed on what these forensic analysts found when they examined a Dominion voting machine in Antrim County, a place where votes first were given to Joe Biden that then flipped to Donald Trump because of a computer glitch, human glitch, depends on who you talk to. He's going to answer that question. What caused the error in just a second? All right, we'll be back right after these commercial breaks and then to our interview with Matthew DiPerno. Stay tuned. It's worthwhile. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a man who had a big impact over the last few days. Attorney Matthew DiPerno from Michigan joins us. He's a man who helped review the Antrim County Dominion voting machines and released a really explosive report yesterday uh, uh, of what the forensic analysis of that machine in one Michigan county showed. Matthew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an, an honor to have you on. So let's bring people up to speed. Uh, it's been about 24, 36 hours now since your report first came out. Uh, what are the highlight findings that you think most Americans should know about, and what's been the early reaction to, to the report? Well, the highlights uh, that we should we should talk about and everyone should think about is that the we found that the Dominion voting system um, is designed uh, intentionally uh, to create uh, inherent and systemic uh, voting errors. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you run a ballot through the machine, even if it's a blank ballot, uh, it will uh, have a 68% chance of creating an error. And when you create an error, this machine does not reject the ballot. What it does instead is it sends it into a folder, uh, and that folder will then accumulate these ballots until a time that uh, uh, someone decides that they need those ballots, and then those ballots will be bulk adjudicated by someone, could be off-site, uh, could be on-site somewhere sitting at a computer, uh, and without any oversight, they can click one button, vote the entire batch of ballots to one candidate, and then send them back to the tabulator. That's amazing. So it's a very manual and selective process is what you're seeing, right? It is, but we also see evidence that that bulk tabulation can also be done through settings in the program uh, and can be done simply by the computer uh, running a simple program to bulk adjudicate ballots as well. Uh, but we believe that what we found, and when you apply those findings to what we saw on election night, uh, such as in Detroit at the Cobo Hall Center, right. uh, where where ballot where counting was shut down at two o'clock and then we came back at four o'clock and there was uh, large spikes of votes uh, going to Joe Biden. We believe that uh, in part, at least, that happened because uh, they decided to bulk adjudicate some ballots that they had been saving up throughout the night. 
Interesting. So let, let's go through Antrim County because no one had heard of Antrim County outside of Michigan for a long time. And then, of course, a couple of days after the election, this is a Republican leaning county. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden was showed the winner. And then the county said, wait, wait, wait. There was a computer glitch and it was the numbers were reversed. And all of a sudden the vote shifted and, and Donald Trump won the county. Then a couple of days later, the Democratic Secretary of State of Michigan said, no, 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 it wasn't a computer error. It was a human error. Uh, but no matter what, uh, Trump did win the county. And so we, we went through those semantics. When you did the forensic analysis, did you ultimately conclude what what was it, a computer error, human error? What caused the vote flip that uh, happened a few days after Election Day where Trump finally won a county he should have won, but that Joe Biden was declared the winner early on? Yeah, we found that it, it's not human error. Um, there is some human error in what we found. Let's let's put it that way. Okay. There was certainly human error within the county by people who failed to update security protocols. Uh, there was, uh, you know, for instance, the, the master tabulator in the county clerk's office. Um, the password for that is taped to the top of the machine. Mm, um, not very secure, huh? Security, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone everyone logs in with the same ID and the wow. same password. So there's there's security breaches in that context, and certainly at least in one precinct, uh, they didn't do an update that was required to be done before the election. Okay, so, so like a software uh, patch, what we, what we would call a software patch, right, or a software upgrade, right? Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, but what we find is that that this Dominion software. Um, actually uh, runs uh, more efficiently when there is human error like that. And what I mean is, the, 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 in part, the software is dependent on human error because the software is going to do what it does anyway. It's still going to create errors no matter how many patches are done. Even if your software is updated, it's still going to kick out 68% errors. Right. Um, but when it does that, then that provides cover for these uh, Democrat officials to come in and blame it uh, on other people. There's always an excuse uh, 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 that they can use to blame it on other people uh, uh, to provide cover really for them. Um, so that's, it's sort of a component that runs along with the computer glitching uh, is the human error component as well. Yeah, so I think most people imagine, all right, you got a voting machine, we're in the 21st century. If John votes for Donald Trump and Mary votes for Joe Biden and Bill uh, votes for the Libertarian candidate, the machine just comes in and there's three votes and one goes into the Biden column, one goes into the Trump column, one goes into the Libertarian column or whatever. And what you're saying is Joe and John's votes come in and even though they voted for Biden and, um, uh, and Trump, they got put in segregated and didn't count right away and maybe the uh, one other vote did. Isn't that kind of crazy? Why, why would a machine do that? And we're talking 68% of the time, so more than two-thirds of the time. Why would a machine not do its primary job, but just immediately assign the vote for the person uh, that the voter selected? What's your theory as to why that was kicking in at that rate? You're talking about two-thirds of the time, but not acting right. Right. Two-thirds of the time, the machine doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, uh, calculate the ballot uh, correctly. But that's, that's a systemic problem within the software itself. It's designed to not count ballots correctly so that those ballots can be placed in uh, bulk adjudication. Hmm. Uh, you can run a perfectly good ballot through the machine okay. and still get an error with that ballot. 
um, that's a that's a program design because they want to be able to give uh, a certain people the ability to bulk adjudicate ballots. Um, they're not trying to count one vote for one ballot. They're not trying to count my vote and your vote accurately. They're trying to create confusion. Hmm. Uh, and then when that confusion happens, uh, then the Secretary of State, for instance, can blame a county clerk, uh, you know, for not running an update. Now, your your client, uh, Allied, um, uh, uh, I forget the name, Allied, I know them from the Dallas work that we did with them, Allied um, uh, Operations Group. Uh, the When they... Um, did they, were they able to run ballots through this, or were they looking at the logs of what happened on Election Day and the few days afterwards? What, what was the data points that you, the, the security review team was able to review to make come to these conclusions? Yeah, they were. Uh, they didn't. We couldn't run any ballots through the machines okay. because those are secured and right. locked away. That's right. Um, but we we could look in the log files that were available. Um, and look in the, the uh, data that we had on the forensic image to see how the how the machine calculates the votes that were run through it. Um, and, and that's why we can determine that even after all the updates were applied appropriately, um, we still saw 68% errors. Wow. So basically there's a log entry for each ballot that comes in, right? So if Joe, John, and Mary uh, uh, have their ballots processed through, there's a log entry for what happened to Joe, what happened to Mary, what happened to John. And you start looking at those. What, what was the most common error? What was the most common excuse that the machine generated to say, I'm putting this in a segregated area right now. I'm not counting it. Was there a, you know, what was the um, most common citation? Does it give you a reason why it rejected each ballot? No, I don't. If, if, if they had that, I haven't seen that data okay. um, in terms of what, what would have kicked out a, a ballot. But we did see, for instance, that every write-in, uh, every ballot that had a write-in candidate somewhere, all produced, 100% of them um, produced an error. Okay. Um, and which, which meant that those ballots, even all the write-ins that came in were automatically adjudicated by somebody, um, which means that, let's say someone votes um, Mickey Mouse for right. president, right. that's a write-in, um, that ballot will automatically be adjudicated by someone who can then select Joe Biden instead. Hmm. Interesting. Could you tell whether a Trump voter or a Biden voter was more likely to be segregated and, and isolated to, for adjudication later? Was there any pattern to whether Trump voters were more likely to be adjudicated or Biden? Or were you blind to the results? Yeah, we're blind to that result because we can't actually see the ballot itself. Got it. Uh, because uh, the all of the adjudication files are missing uh, for the 2020 election. Yeah, that's a big finding in the report, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's um, <clears throat> that's really important because there's security files that are missing. Um, there's internet files that are missing, log files that are missing, and all the adjudication files are missing. Wow. And is there any explanation from the county or Dominion as to where those files are or why they were missing? Nope. We have heard nothing yet from them about the uh, those files themselves. All we've heard is, uh, you know, just some negative feedback from the county saying that our, our report is uh, unsubstantiated, but hmm. they haven't provided any detail to us. 
Well, that has been uh, was one thing I wanted to ask you. So there's been a very uh, harsh reaction from the state, the county, and Dominion saying this report just isn't right. That's not what happened. But do you have any doubt that the logs you saw show these things getting sent to the adjudicator each time? How do you respond to the criticism? It's almost that when people look at this, they're like, there's two worlds, right? There's the Dominion world saying one thing and then you guys saying another. What's your response to their, to their counterattacks on your report? Well, our response is that we took a forensic image of the computer system, the data cards, and the thumb drives. Uh, and this is the data we see in the forensic images. Um, it's, this is no different than if we, um, this is essentially just taking a copy of the computer system itself and being able to look at it and, and look at it and see what's going on in your computer. So if we take a forensic image, it's an exact replication of the uh, computer system and we can verify that it's an exact replication. Uh, so if the files aren't there, then the files aren't there. That means they weren't on the computer when we took the forensic image. Wow. Yep. So that's a pretty straight, that's pretty uh, straightforward and clean. Now, when you go uh, back now, so there, there was a little bit of he said, she said, you've got this very explosive report. A lot of people focused on it. Then you have the the state government uh, dominion response saying not true. Where do you go next? Do you go back to court? Who, should Trump go back to court? What is the next step in this besides uh, two sides clashing and having a different look at the same data? Where do you go next to try to get justice on this? Well, from our perspective, at least from my client's perspective, our case continues. Well, we're going to start the discovery phase of the case uh, where we'll be able to ask questions of the other side and they'll be able to ask questions from us and we'll be able to get data from them um, and ask them questions as to why they disagree with the report. And they'll be able to challenge the report through their own questions and through their own experts. Um, so that will happen on our side. And, but that's going to take probably, you know, uh, two months, I think, is, is what the judge set for wow. a, a discovery phase. But for, uh, for other people's considerations, you know, I know there are some cases that have wanted to use our report uh, in, in litigation across the country. Um, some Supreme Court filings, I believe, uh, now include the report, you know, and it also gives, I think, President Trump some options uh, that he can look at using the data that we put in the report and how that might affect uh, his decision to invoke perhaps uh, an executive order. Uh, From 2018, right? Like yeah, sure, for the 2018 executive order, because we do make a point in here that that, that there is at least some indication that uh, that some of these uh, adjudication uh, uh, ballots uh, may have been shipped uh, off-site, um, uh, may have been shipped to uh, Spain or Germany uh, and been adjudicated uh, uh, at least in other states or, or maybe other countries. And what would lead you to believe that? I mean, you would assume all votes in Antrim County are cast in Antrim County, but what evidence led you to believe that uh, some vote counting and vote ballots were off-site? Because we have, uh, there were uh, 16,044 votes cast in Antrim County, and with an error rate uh, of 68%, uh, that means that there were approximately 11,000 votes in that small county uh, that were pushed into uh, the adjudication file. Uh, and we don't believe that there was someone uh, in Antrim County at a computer 
going through all of those ballots individually, certainly, that would take too much too time. Long. Yeah, we'd, be, um, we'd still be counting today, maybe. <laughs> right. And we don't think that there was anyone in Antrim County uh, that would have mass adjudicated uh, these ballots for Joe Biden. Uh, we, we could be wrong on that. Again, we haven't interviewed uh, many people, uh, but but at least the data we've seen so far and the people we've talked to so far would indicate that that is not um, uh, what happened. So we are looking for uh, Internet connections to see if those ballots were pushed somewhere else. Uh, and it's also quite suspicious that we can't find uh, those system files uh, in the places that they should be. And um, are there other counties you want to go? Antrim County is a Trump county, ultimately, right? So at the end of the day, are there counties like Detroit or elsewhere that you'd like to go to see if this replicates at a, at a larger level? Yeah, we, we would. We, we would request that the Secretary of State allow us and our team to come in and look at those uh, at, at certain precincts in certain counties that we designate. Um, and so far, we're not allowed to do that. The Secretary of State has said that she will be doing a, a risk assessment, uh, or I put it another way, a limited risk assess, assessment audit uh, for some uh, precincts throughout the state. She's starting that this week. That's a direct result of our lawsuit. Um, but those are counties or precincts that she has selected that would uh, turn out with results favorable to her. Uh, so we're looking for her to allow us to, to designate certain counties and precincts to allow us to conduct the same analysis that we did in Antrim County. And how did you get standing to even look at the Antrim County? I mean, it's pretty remarkable because I think Allied is down in Texas, right? Uh, you obviously are a Michigan uh, lawyer, so you have, you have some standing. But how did you convince the court that this would be a worthwhile exercise to do? Well, we're the only lawsuit in the country yep. where a judge has allowed us to take I know, it's historic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. But we did it in, in a way that was very smart. Um, we didn't make this lawsuit, uh, and it's not about Donald Trump. So we didn't make it about Donald Trump. We didn't make it about Joe Biden. Um, I have a client who is particularly interested in local elections, school board elections. Right. Um, in, in his area, and he wants to make sure uh, that his vote counted. Uh, and in his township where he votes, which is Central Lake Township, we know for certain that there were three votes, three ballots that were destroyed in the uh, retabulation process, and those three ballots were not reproduced um, and run through the system again. So it's possible that his vote didn't count, and we want to make sure it did. Wow. Um, and so that gave us the ability to go in and ask the court uh, for an order to allow us to examine the system to ensure that his uh, vote count. And the, and, the, and the court agreed with us that we'd be able to, to conduct that uh, uh, forensic examination. Uh, and interestingly, uh, when we were petition petitioning the court to do that, uh, Dominion Software was aware of that request. They did nothing. They still have done nothing. They haven't intervened in the case to protect their interest. And the Secretary of State knew that we were requesting that relief, and they did not intervene at that time. Uh, so uh, we, we were able to go in and without much oppos opposition legally able to get an order to do that. 
Think they have uh, buyer's remorse now? <laughs> they do. And now yeah. the Secretary of State has intervened and she has complained about the process. Right. Uh, but but it, it's not a credible argument because she had the opportunity yeah. previously to to come into the case and make those arguments, and she chose not to do that. Pretty pretty remarkable. Uh, what is the ask of the judge now? So you've got the data points, right? Uh, in this specific case where a local voter was worried about whether Dominion really counted his vote or not, uh, what will be the ask at the local level in the, in the next phase of the case? Well, there's going to be an audit on Thursday okay. that's being conducted by the Secretary of State. Uh, we want to make sure that that's done in a fair way. Um, so we'll be there to observe what is happening in that audit. Um, and and perhaps through that audit, we'll be able to get some answers as to what happened. Um, and also, you know, we, we are going to do some discovery in the case. We're going to take some depositions and ask uh, what, uh, you know, some of these people, what actually happened on Election Day and why why all of these votes flipped for Joe Biden. And, you know, maybe they have some answers that are different than our conclusions in the report. And we'd like to hear what those are. Sure. I mean, this is just an initial data analysis. And then and then you do the from that, you, you do the other gumshoe investigating to find out what other people's side is. Do you know what ultimately triggered the uh, realization or the recognition that the votes weren't right? Um, you know, when in the process, Antrim County said, wait a second, these, these should be Trump votes, they shouldn't be Biden votes. Uh, what triggered that awareness? Well, that's a good question because uh, uh, my client and other people, other residents, uh, they knew as soon as they saw the results. Didn't make sense, uh, right? That it didn't make sense. And they called the county clerk and and asked her to double check the results. And they because the the county went 60% for Joe Biden and that's just impossible yeah. is what not the county what history. they believed yeah right it, it, the county makeup isn't isn't a 60% Joe Biden county right so they asked the county clerk to to double check and she did and only then did she realize uh that the vote had flipped it's interesting that she would uh publish those results on her website and not ask that question herself. Knowing um, the county as well it is, right? It's a red county. Everybody knows it's a red county in Michigan, right? Correct. So this, the county clerk should have known that when she published the, the results, but she didn't uh, because, uh, you know, I, I think that these, the county clerk and uh, some of the township uh, uh, supervisors, uh, they, they don't understand how the software works. Yeah. They don't understand what goes into it. They're not trained well on the software. So they just assume that when you put a ballot in, it's going to count it correctly. Right. So the results, That's what most Americans would assume, or at least hope is happening, right? They want to make sure that's happening. Yeah, they, they put 100% faith into that computer system, and they trust the computer system to turn out the correct result. Um, and even and in this case, even when the results were so skewed, uh, many of them didn't even question the result. And that's one of the ways that Dominion is able to pull off what it does pull off. It it it, it relies on people's uh, nature to believe that what they're looking at is true and not question it. Now, if you get through discovery and you find out this analysis is wrong, you're going to come out and say it, right? You're not going to. But if it's true... Uh, what if, if you find out that this is really what's going on, 
What is the consequence for the American uh, people going forward? Well, certainly they, you can't trust the voting system that's in place right now. Um, we shouldn't have a dominion system uh, as the system we use in this country because it's not reliable. Um, and, and I'll point out that at least in Michigan, Dominion Voting Systems signed a contract in 2017 with the state of Michigan. And in that contract, the state of Michigan turns over uh, essentially its authority to run elections to Dominion. Hmm. And when I say that, I mean Dominion will collect the votes, it will tally the votes, and it will tell us and it will tell the Secretary of State what the results are. Um, uh, um, and there's another uh, uh, step in there. Dominion actually doesn't tell the Secretary of State. The D Dominion tells the news. They tell the New York Times, and the New York Times tells the Secretary of State what the results are, right? So th this, the Michigan then becomes completely dependent on Dominion voting systems to get the results. But in that contract, uh, it states that we are not able as residents and the state is not able to ask Dominion how the vote is calculated. We're not able to look under the hood, so to speak, and see what the formula looks like and what the algorithms look like. Dominion claims uh, a trade secret on that information. Right, right. Uh, and in, in our case, um, I think we were fortunate enough to have a judge who saw through that and he allowed us to go in and, and take a snapshot of the Dominion software by using forensics so that we could look under the hood and see how the program works and what the algorithms look like to see how the vote was actually calculated. Now, will the judge ultimately rule on whether your report is accurate or is there a resolution if, if shenanigans happen? And it's still disputed, right? Dominion in the state and the county are very clear. They don't agree with your report. But um, if something, if this gets validated, what can the judge do specifically in your case? Sure. If, you know, they're going to have, the, the state is going to have their own expert witness. They're right. going to do an analysis. They're going to write a report, I'm sure, that counters our report. Mm -hmm. Just like any case that uses expert witnesses. Yeah. And the judge will then... Adversarial. The judge will be able to determine, uh, based on testimony... Uh, which expert he finds most credible, and he'll make a determination at that time as to as to who he believes or doesn't believe. But if he determines that our report is credible, uh, then he would have a, a wide range of options um, in this case. He could declare um, uh, uh, certain parts of the election invalid. Uh, he could um, decertify uh, certain precincts. He wow. could make sure that they count the votes correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, so under election laws in this state, there are a wide variety of options that he may have within his discretion uh, to pass judgment. Uh, so um, th those are those will all be options open to him uh, if he does find that our uh, report is credible. And we believe that he would find that. Sure. And and that timetable is probably first late first uh, or early second quarter of 2021. Right. It's going to take a while to adjudicate this. Yeah, it, the judge has said that he wants to fast track this case, which is a good idea. He has the discretion to do that. Sure. Um, and and he set a, a a very aggressive uh, scheduling order in this case um, for uh, I believe it's mid February. Um, so we do have a couple months to get the work done. 
but but within that time frame, we'll be able to ask a lot of questions of the Secretary of State, you know, and find out uh, um, particularly what what she was up to and what her motivations were. For instance, why did she spend no money in this state training um, county officials and precinct officials on how to run the software? Um, we, we don't see any evidence that she's trained anyone, uh, which is her, uh, 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 she has to do that. It's right. a requirement of her job. She's provided federal funds to do that. Uh, but instead of doing that, she didn't spend any money on training. She spent money uh, purchasing uh, boxes from uh, Zuckerberg to put in um, cities like Flint and Detroit to collect ballots. That's where she spent her money, um, and uh, we think perhaps that some of those ballots she collected in those boxes may have not been um, good ballots, so to speak. Right. This is going to be such a fascinating battle. It's funny, a little tiny county that most people never heard of in Michigan is now sort of ground zero for the debate over whether our modern-day voting machines are what we expect them to be. It's going to be fascinating, and um, I can't thank you enough uh, for really bringing us inside. It's a hard thing. When you hear 68%, you say, nah, there's just no way. There's no way that a machine 68% of the time isn't counting it right. But you've really helped us walk through what you saw, what what strictures you used, what you were going in to try to find. And uh, I feel like I, I understand it a lot better. And we, we certainly have heard from the other side. They have their case to be made. And and then we're going to get a judge's ruling. So, Matthew, we want to stay in touch with you and keep an eye on us. We think this is going to be a very important case going forward. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I, I appreciate that, and we, we do want to stay in touch. But no computer program should run at a 68% error Oh, rate. I think everyone in America would agree with that, right? That, that has people, that's going to have people scratching their head, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, this, the, the federal standard is one ballot out of 125,000 as right. an error rate. Right. Um, this program— if 0.008%, if I remember correct. Um, right, right. 0.08 percent, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. So a program like this, when you compile the, the uh, code, uh, any program would tell tell you because they've told me that you compile the code, um, and if you have 68 percent error rate, the program shouldn't function. Yeah. Uh, but this one does, and that's why we believe, in part, that it's designed to function with those errors. That's an inherent programming hmm. feature. And that was one of the key conclusions of the report. Right, yeah. right, it is. Yeah. And I think that's important because, uh, and we don't see Dominion doing anything to change that within their system. They've had these same error rates, not just in this election, but we've seen reports of error rates like this in prior elections. Hmm. Uh, this isn't something they're trying to fix, you know, like debugging the system or putting out right, patches right. to fix the program. It appears that this software functions in this way um, and depends also upon uh, state government officials not properly training local officials on how to use the software. And then when they have errors and glitches, they simply blame those local officials. Um, For human error. It off yeah, as, that's what we heard. Error. Yeah, that's definitely what we heard. And, um, it, you know, the great thing, we have an adversarial system, so we're going to get to see what Antrim's response is, what Dominion's response is, and the state's response is, and then a judge is going to get to make a decision, and we're really going to know what happened here. And uh, I, as a journalist, I'm fascinated by it, and I think the American public should be tuning into this. This is such an important 
Okay, so there's a big he said, she said right now, but you can't wait to get to the bottom of it because uh, this this has a lot of, you know, it's going to either restore or or uh, injure Americans' trust in, in voting if, if we don't understand what happened here. So we can't wait to, to see what happens, Matthew, and we thank you for your time today. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, John. All right, folks, we'll be right back after this commercial break to wrap things up for the day. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us and reading us and engaging, looking at the documents. I think we broke a lot of new ground today. First with Matthew DiPerno. I think I have a better understanding, I hope you do, of what this audit was about, what it's found, what's in contention, what's being disputed, and how it will play out in the court system in Michigan. I hope that was helpful to you. And of course, the exclusive story we had this morning on justthenews.com under my byline, yours truly, about Hunter Biden, what his father knew, what his father's staff was warned about, about his employer in Ukraine. A very different story than the one Adam Schiff and the Democratic uh, friendly news media gave us a year ago. All those claims that this was fiction, conspiracy theory, Russian disinformation have been blown away. Our own State Department, our own Justice Department were concerned that the company that Hunter Biden worked for was corrupt. There were reports of bribery substantiated and sent to the Justice Department, substantiated enough so that they could refer to the Justice Department. Ambassadors were sending warnings to the upper echelons of Biden's office and the State Department. Yes, this went on and it was kept from us until after the election, kept us from after the impeachment proceedings. What a difference real facts make. I hope you enjoy that story. We'll be back tomorrow with more breaking news, with another great interview and uh, more to discuss. Hunter Biden, the election, so much more. Hey, there's a recall going on in California with Gavin Newsom. It's picking up steam. We had a story about that today. Later this week, I hope to talk to someone on the front lines of that. Shannon Grove, the Republican leader in the Senate of California, the state Senate. So much we're going to be breaking and talking about. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from, yep, you got it, Just the News. Thank you.